Right, I'm reading from Galatians 5, starting at verse 1 to 16. It's the heading in my Bible, which is the NIV, is Freedom in Christ. I love the sound of that, so this is one of my favorites. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. But by faith we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith, expressing itself through love. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion will pay the penalty, whoever he may be. Brothers, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Paul continues. The works of the flesh. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, and to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit... You are not subject to the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another, or envying one another. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, isn't it great to be here and to be able to worship and to praise God together? Uh, I think I've only got 
uh, about 20, 25 minutes this morning, um, or at a push, maybe half an hour. Uh, but this morning, uh, I want to be led by the Spirit. So if it gets to one o'clock and you're getting hungry, then feel free to go out uh, and have some food. But let's just come together uh, in prayer, first of all, this morning. Father God, thank you that you are here with us. Thank you that you are always with us. Father, I ask you to use me this morning. Speak through me. Open people's ears. Father, let people hear. Let us build one another up. Let us leave here this morning knowing that you are God. Feeling your spirit with us. And bringing more people to the Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Today's message uh, was summed up in that first sentence of uh, the reading from Galatians. Wherever you are this morning and whatever you've come from, however you are feeling, whatever troubles you have got, Christ has set you free. Whatever troubles you've walked in with this morning, whatever feelings you have, whatever worries you've got, however downtrodden you feel, Christ has set you free. And what I want to talk to you about this morning is I want to talk to you about the freedom of Christ. That freedom that we have rather than being constrained by religion. Because sometimes, and wherever you go, whichever church you go to, whichever people you talk to, people talk about being religious. And what I want to say this morning is not about being religious, it is about being free in Christ. The Greek word for flesh refers to the sinful nature of humans. It's often presented as a power in opposition to the spirit. And what I felt God has been saying to me is, we need to avoid the sins of the flesh, and we need to avoid the sins of legalism and rules. We are free in Christ. We are not constrained by rules and by laws. Legalism is about... Uh, obedience to God through personal performance. Or as uh, Thomas Schreiner writes, legalism has its origin in self-worship. If we are constrained by rules of religion, then we are moving away from God. People become justified by their obedience to the law rather than God. Which means that glory goes to people rather than God. We shouldn't be living our lives giving glory to people. We should be living our lives giving glory to God. And I believe that legalism and idolatry go together. If we are constrained by the laws, rather than enjoying the freedom of the Spirit, then we are not doing what God wants us to do. As the message version says, uh, verses three, uh, 23 to 24 uh, in today's reading, legalism is helpless in bringing about the fruits of the Spirit. It only gets in the way. Among those who belong to Christ, everything connected with getting our own way and mindlessly responding to what everyone else calls necessities is killed off for good. It is crucified. If we get, if we get bogged down by thinking what we should be doing and how we should be doing things, we're moving away from God. We are moving away from the fruits of the Spirit and we're moving away for the reason that Christ came to earth. 
if we think about legalism in the Bible, Jesus actually drove the merchants out of the temple. They were constrained by legalism. They were constrained by what they thought they should do. Legalism, in that way, sucks the life out of true faith by charging for it. Would we charge people to come to church on a Sunday? Would we expect things from people? Would we charge admission to come to a church event? Acts 15.11 says we are saved through the, through the grace of Jesus. We need to show grace. We need to show the grace of God rather than stick to legalistic rules. Jesus was actually crucified because of legalism. Jesus was crucified because of people who were religious. People didn't turn around to him and say, well, you didn't actually heal someone. People were crucified because they said, you can't do it because it's on the Sabbath. You can't do it because this is what the rules say. And what we need to do is we need to accept the grace of Jesus. We need to accept that freedom of Jesus because Christ came to set us free. Believing in Christ sets us free. It doesn't say in the Bible that we will never suffer persecution, that we will never have any troubles, but what it does say is we follow the Spirit, not the world. The world wants to give us rules. The world wants to impose legalism. The world will tell us what we can do and what we can't do. Christ has come to set us free. There is a difference between legalism and discipline. Some people confuse legalism and discipline and some people believe that if you are disciplining someone, you are being legalistic. But it says in Hebrews 12, God disciplines us through our hardships for the best. God wants the best for us. God put us on this earth to love him and to worship him and God loves us. Legalism is about following strict rules and guidelines which are imposed by humans for the purposes of humans. That is not what God wants. Christ came to set us free. And we have the Spirit of God which sets us free. God gave us the Spirit to lead us and to guide us. If you look at the Bible, God walked in the Garden of Eden. God gave us Jesus that we were set free. And when Jesus was crucified and rose again, the Spirit came along. God wants that relationship with us. Wherever you are in life at the moment... And wherever you are with your walk with God, you are not alone. God is with you. The Spirit is with you. And Christ has come to set you free. God doesn't want us to be alone. That is why the Spirit is here. We are told to be baptised and accept the Spirit to enter the kingdom of God. And it says that in, in John Chapter 3, verse 5. I'd like to encourage you this morning, if you're not baptised, if you don't know the Spirit, then get baptised and get to know the Spirit. 
there are people who will pray for you. There are people who will pray for you after the service today, but you can pray for each other. You have the authority of Jesus. If you believe Jesus, through the Spirit, we have power and authority. How do we know that? Because in Mark, it tells us that we have the power and authority of Jesus. After the resurrection, Jesus appeared to the disciples and rebuked them for their lack of faith. He rebuked them for their stubborn refusal to believe those people uh, who had seen him after he had risen. Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptised will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And then he goes on to say, All these signs will accompany those who believe. He says, In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. If you are sick this morning, if you have got troubles this morning, anyone who believes in Jesus can lay their hands on you, and you will get well. It is not a possibly get well. It is not a maybe feel a little bit better. It says in the Bible, we have the power and authority of Jesus. You will get well. Whatever you are feeling, whatever your troubles are, have faith that you will get well. Things will get better. It is difficult. Sometimes uh, you can get stuck in a rut. Sometimes you are lacking provision. Things are difficult. But what it says in the Bible is that you have the power and authority of Jesus because away from legalism, we pray in the name of Jesus. And if you pray in the name of Jesus, things happen and things will get better. John chapter 14 verse 26, it says, The Holy Spirit will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. If you are filled with the Spirit, you will learn more about God. If you are filled with the Spirit and you have the freedom of Christ, you will be able to change things. You will see revivals. You will see renewals. You will get better. You will feel more peaceful because it says it in the Bible. So we need to keep praying for people. Even when it seems like a lost cause, we need to keep praying for people. We keep praying not to make ourselves feel better. We keep praying not just to make other people feel better. We pray not out of self-righteousness, but we pray because we have the power and authority of Jesus. We pray to see things changed. We pray because where we are gathered, God is too. We pray for a better world. We pray because God loves us. We pray because it says in Romans 5, we are justified through our faith. We pray expecting things to happen. Not a half-hearted attempt, but we pray in the name of Jesus expecting things to happen. We boast 
in the hope of the glory of God, as it says in Romans. Not only so, but we glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So through the freedom in Christ and through the work of the Holy Spirit, we will see things change. And that is why we keep praying. That is why we keep hoping. Joel told the people, let the weak say, I am strong. You know, if you are feeling particularly weak this morning, if you are feeling distant from God this morning, that is when the door to God is sometimes the widest open. That is when you can come to God and open your heart and lay everything at God's feet. When Joel said, let the weak say, I am strong, Joel wasn't telling people to lie. He was delivering a spiritual principle. He was telling people what, uh, what they should say about what God has said to, uh, to them instead of what their circumstances are saying about them. And sometimes we get bogged down by thinking what our circumstances are dictating to us. Sometimes we get bogged down by thinking about worldly things. And I'd encourage you this morning to try to move away from worldly things and to listen to what the Spirit is saying. Because the Spirit is telling us something different. And we need to live by spiritual principles, not by worldly principles. So if you are sick this morning, you can be prayed for and you can be healed because it says it in the Bible and that's a spiritual, uh, a spiritual rule. If you are lacking anything this morning, anyone can pray for you. Anyone can lay hands for you and pray in the name of Jesus and you will be provided for because it says it in the Bible. Whatever anyone might say to you, if someone said to you that you're no good at something, if someone said to you you can't have something, then get into the Bible and see what the Bible says about it because the Bible will probably say something else. The Bible will say you are worth it. The Bible will say you are loved. The Bible will say you are provided for because that is spiritual, not worldly. We, are, we should not be constrained by worldly laws. If we're constrained by worldly laws, we're not Christians. If we are constrained by what the world is teaching us and by what the world is telling us, we are not Christians. We are not living the way God wanted us to live. We're not living in the freedom that Christ has given us. We need to move away from the world and we need to look to see what the Bible is telling us. Uh, in the book of Hebrews, it tells us that Jesus is the final high priest. With that priesthood came a new covenant, a new agreement with God, that God will never leave us or forsake us. If you are feeling lonely this morning, I want you to know that however you are feeling, God is with you. God has promised he will never leave us, he will never give up on us, he is always with us. People in the Old Testament decided to move away from God. They wanted to move away from God and do their own thing. The New Testament brought a new covenant where we have direct access to God. We can enter the throne room of God because of the sacrifice of Jesus. 
we can enter the throne room of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 17 says, Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. We share in the glory of God. Jesus came to this world for a purpose. Jesus came to give us freedom. Jesus came to save us. Yet sometimes we are still constrained by worldly laws. Christ has come to set us free. So what do we do about it? It says in the Bible, in Romans 8.34, Jesus is our intercessor. Whatever you've done, whatever each of us have done today, Jesus is our intercessor. Jesus is up there petitioning God on our behalf. So if Jesus is our intercessor, we need to be praying in the name of Jesus for things to happen. And if we pray in the name of Jesus for things to happen, we will see things happen. It says in Matthew 18, chapter nine, uh, verse 19, If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. If we pray in the name of Jesus, we pray in faith, then things will happen. And unfortunately, we don't always pray in the name of Jesus and we don't always pray in faith. And I'm as guilty of that uh, as anyone. That sometimes uh, you pray for something and think, well, it would be good if that happened, but maybe I don't really expect it. But if we pray in the name of Jesus, if we claim things in the name of Jesus, it will happen. So if we agree on something... God will deliver. Agree also means to harmonise. We need to harmonise our prayers and our lives with what we're doing. We need to start harmonising that if we're continuing to sin and we're asking prayers or asking for forgiveness, that's not going to happen. We cannot continue to sin and still ask for prayers to be answered. We cannot forgive or ask for forgiveness when we don't forgive other people. There are 90 instances in the New Testament, and this is just in the New Testament, where the words in Christ are used. We need to be in Christ for things to happen. We need to be in the freedom of Christ for things to happen. Not just believing in Christ, but actually being in Christ. And sometimes there's this difference between people actually believe in something. Many people believe in a God, but not everyone actually believes God. Lots of people believe in a God, but not everyone believes in God, that things will truly happen. So we keep praying whatever the circumstances are, because we have the freedom of Christ. Gloria Copeland actually asks, she says, what is your part? What part do we pray? And she said, feeding on the word, praying in the spirit, listening to what the spirit of God says to you. When was the last time you fed on the word? 
When was the last time you prayed in the Spirit? When was the last time you really truly listened to what God has to say to you? She says, as you do those things, as you move, as God impresses you uh, to move and take direction from him, you'll flow in the supernatural as naturally as a bird flies in the air. It will be the same way with you. When you start doing your part, the Holy Spirit will do his and supernatural things will start happening around you. If you pray in the Spirit, if you accept the Spirit and allow the Spirit to work, you will see visions. You will be able to interpret. You will be able to heal. Because it says it in the Bible. John, chapter 40, verse 20, says, uh, Jesus said, I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Christ lives within you. However distant you might feel from God this morning, uh, and sometimes I do feel quite distant from God, Christ is still within me. Christ is within you. So if you accept Jesus, if you accept the Spirit, that allows supernatural things to start happening. You pray in the name of Jesus, things will change. There will be a revival in this area. There will be a renewal. The Spirit is here. And the Spirit will work. But we need to accept the Spirit and understand that we have freedom in Christ. So what does this actually mean? Uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 says, We are partakers of the divine nature because we've escaped the corruption of the world. If we are free in Christ... That means we actually join in. We join in. If we are partakers, we join in or we are characterised or we share in the divine nature. We are part of the divine nature through freedom in Christ. We are part of God and he is part of us. So wherever you are this morning, whether you accepted uh, Jesus a long, long time ago, or whether you are coming back to God, whether you know the Bible inside out, or whether you barely know it at all, know that Christ is within you and you are within Christ. And you have the freedom of God and you have the power and authority of Jesus. So what happens when we receive God? What happens? What, what should we expect? Well, we can look at an example in the Bible. And what better example to look at than Jesus? Jesus knew the truth of God. Jesus had experienced the truth of God. Jesus had experienced the freedom that this gives. And what was he able to do? Jesus was able to heal. Jesus was able to forgive. Jesus was able to love unconditionally. And we have the power and authority of Jesus. We can forgive. We can love people. We can put our hands on people and pray for people and they can be healed. With Christ, we are set free. With Christ, we are away from the constraints of religion. That is the law. That is the truth. And no one is able to change it because it says it in the Bible. 
So I want you to think this morning about your walk with God. I want you to think this morning about praying for someone, laying hands on someone, and healing. I want you to think this morning about really forgiving someone. I want to encourage you to get into the Word of God, to read what the Bible says. I want to encourage you to move away from the constraints of legalism, to move away from the constraints of religion, and to accept that Christ has set you free. Christ has given you that freedom to go out. How many of you feel free to go and to talk about God to your children or to your family or at work or to your neighbours or people in the street? It's only fairly recently that I've actually been able to talk fairly freely about God at work. And I do. And I do talk very freely sometimes. And uh, I've talked about praying and I've talked about healing and you know, some people will probably think I'm a bit mad. But whether it sinks in now, or whether it's at some point in the future, it will sink in because it says it in the Bible. Uh, and actually, it was, uh, one of my colleagues is pregnant at the moment, and she asked me quite a while ago, she said, uh, can you come when my baby's born, can you come and do the christening service at, ch- at the church? And I said, well, it would be nice, but I said, I'm not, I'm not a, kind of a registered minister. I said, but yeah, it would be nice to do something like that, and I'll pray for you. But sometimes things touch people in different ways. And that's how that's after having the freedom that Christ has given me to talk about things at work. And I talk about it quite openly. I talk about God quite openly, and I've had some very open discussion with Muslims as well. Uh, one, or two, one or two of them are quite uh, fundamentalists, quite strong Muslims. We talk openly, and I tell them about the truth of the Bible. That is what I believe, and that is the freedom that Christ has given me. Whereas before I might have shied away from it, God has said, look, this is the opportunity. So I want to encourage you to share the word of God with other people. We're going to move on to our last hymn, our final hymn today. Um, if I just invite the, the, the musicians to come up when you're ready, please. Uh, Christ died for us. Okay, Christ died for us. He was sent here and he died for us. When Christ died, my chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth and followed thee. I want to encourage you this morning to find, to seek the freedom of Christ as we sing our final hymn together. And can it be that I should gain?